You're listening to the Sunday Session Podcast with Francesca Rutkin from Newstalk ZB. Travel with Wendy Wu Tours. Unique, fully inclusive tours around the world. Time to talk travel and joining me from Italy, as you do, Megan Singleton. Good morning. Buongiorno. <laughs> do you like it? I, very nice. D- do you know more than that? Well, actually, no. And I was just in a jewellery shop because it's actually Buonasera here right now. And um, I just said Buonasera to a lady and she started rabbiting on at me. And then and then when I didn't pay any attention because I was looking at her jewellery that she was making, she realised I didn't speak Italian. And she said, oh, but your Buonasera sounded like you were local. And I am so thrilled about that. Excellent. You take that. Now, you have been in Naples and the Amalfi Coast. How divine has that been? Yes. That's been amazing. So I, I put Naples, Napoli on the itinerary because of pizza. And um, i tell you what I learned. Did you know that when you're making an authentic Italian pizza with a tomato base, you squeeze the tomatoes on the pizza? There's no such thing as tomato paste or tomato sauce. They, they just they look at you with their mouths all screwed sideways. So you squeeze a tomato and then you throw the skins away or you could even apparently roast them and turn them into tomato chips. But um, so I went down there to taste the pizza. We got down there and it was St. Gennaro Day. Now, I've looked into this since and it's as mental as any, well, with all respect. Um So St. Gennaro was from many, many centuries ago and a a portion of his dried blood lives in a vial in a cathedral in Naples and three times a year it turns to liquid and it happened at 10.01 on the morning that we arrived. Well, the festivities in the street, the fireworks, the parties, the throng of people, we went into the cathedral where people are lining up to get a glimpse of this this dried blood that's now turned red and liquid. I don't know what I think of it. I'm just parking all of that. But all to say, Naples was on fire. Not literally, because we also went to Herculaneum, which was um, destroyed in the Mount Vesuvius um, eruption, but in a different way to Pompeii. So Herculaneum was quite, um, was affected by a mud lahar. So they've got different preserved, um, ruins and things because of the mud, it kind of preserved it. But that was fascinating. And that only 25% of that has been discovered because people have built their houses over the top of it. And you can't just say to people, oh, I'm sorry, um, you know, we're just going to take your house down because underneath you is a city, because that's the story of Italy. They've stopped excavating in all of these cities because they just can't. They know that there's like six layers of of buildings under um, Florence where we've just been, but they can't excavate it because there's buildings on top. Just amazing over here, honestly. Amalfi Coast, you've also headed up the coast? Yeah, so we took a... Fortunately, we had a driver with a little coach up the Amalfi Coast. Um, they say it's perilous to drive. The road is very narrow in places, very windy. You could do it. I mean, people are driving little bambinas. If that's what you've got, you could totally do it. Um, the really touristy, you know, the towns of Positano and Amalfi are touristy. But we also went up into the hills to Ravello, and I loved that. And honestly, if I came back, I would probably stay a couple of nights just in Ravello. Well, you, you can't take a car up there. So 
So you would get dropped off and someone would, you know, a porter would take you up in a golf cart and your luggage and everything. But then when all the tourists leave at the end of every day, you get this amazing, quiet, hilltop town with, of course, its cathedral in the middle and it's surrounded by trattorias, you know, little pizzerias, amazing views down over the coast. That would be the place you'd want to go for. Sort of just second time visit to Italy. I think you want to do these quieter towns. It was just amazing. No, I love it. I've 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 have fond memories of Ravello and buying some beautiful mugs there, Megan. Oh, did you? Yeah. Did you now? Well, there I've we been go. trying to refrain, but I've I uh, we've just been to San Gimignano today, and I, I have to say I've got some got some earrings in my ears that are quite pretty. Excellent to hear. Hey, very much looking forward to catching up next week. Where I, what are you up to throughout the week? Well, on um, we're going to Venice tomorrow, and then we'll be going over on a cruise. I don't know where I'll be. Somewhere in Croatia. So um, we'll just find out next Sunday. Fantastic. Look forward to catching up. You travel safe. Thanks, Dal. Bye-bye. Now, the fabulous Mick Heron, author of Slow Horses, and we were talking about Slow Horses in our entertainment segment earlier in the show as well because there's a new TV series coming out before the end of the year. But Mick Heron also has a new book out just in time for the school holidays. If you happen to be taking a break and you're looking for a new page-turner, Joan tells us all about it next. It is 12 to 12. For more from the Sunday session with Francesca Rudkin, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am Sunday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.